Hello and welcome to episode 243 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode, I'm joined by the film director, Phil Barantini. I get to sit down and talk in great detail about his most recent film and for me one of the films of the year, Boiling Point. I really hope you've seen this film. Don't get me wrong, it's stressful. It will leave you on edge like Adam Sandler's Hidden Gems. That's the film I compare it to for stress levels. But it gives you a real true life and perspective of how it is to work in a kitchen. And Stephen Graham, as always, delivers one of the performances of the year. So I'm thrilled to get to sit down and talk in great detail about this film and much more with Phil. And that interview will be coming up in just a couple of minutes time. But as always, I always like to use the intro to touch base and talk about my last episode. This episode only came out two days ago, and I was also joined by another Phil, but this time Phil Tippett. Yes, the absolute god of stop animation and an absolute legend. I saw so many comments, so many people reacting with that shocked emoji, and people just blown away that he came on the Mark and Me podcast, and it was an absolute pleasure to have him on. We got to talk in great detail about Star Wars, Jurassic Park, and his new film Mad God. So please, if you haven't checked it out, go back and listen to that and then check out that amazing film. But today it's huge. It's all about Boiling Point and all about one of the best directors out there. Someone that's been in the industry for many years, worked their way up, have been on both sides of the camera and is really just an amazing person to talk to. I can't wait to get to it, so I think that's exactly what we do. So here's me and Phil, Barantini, talking all things film. Philip, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks, Mark. Philip, what I like to do is for any listener that might be tuning in for the first time to discover your work is take it right back to the very start. Tell me oh, about God. when you were oh, growing up, <laughs> back in the old days. Tell me about uh, <laughs> when you were growing up, what were those first films that you remember seeing that made you basically fall in love with cinema? Um, okay, E.T. and The Goonies. Oh, wow. 80s those classics. 80s classics, mate, yeah. Those films for me were just so magical. And they still are, you know. Um, and I just, yeah, they put me on a journey and and also they made me want to understand how films are made and what, you know, I was so interested in the behind the scenes of those those films um, that I think subconsciously that's what made me want to be a filmmaker. And I took the route of, of, of being an actor for 25 years. Um, and so I was I was able to, to sort of home in on my craft and learn the industry through that through through being an actor you know do you think it kind of gives you a different perspective and maybe a more respected look at how actors are treated because you've been there yourself in those shoes 100 percent, yes i understand actors whereas a lot of directors i don't think they not that they don't understand them i just don't think they know how to approach them and you know you have to approach actors in a different way every actor is very different in their process and how they work so you have to understand that. You have to respect that. Whereas I think some directors, not all directors, but some directors certainly go in with a with a vision in mind and there's no getting around it. And so there sometimes is a clash there with actors. And they also, you know, actors love to be, love to play. And they love, they don't like, they like to come in with with their ideas and how they, they, they see the scene. But then also, you know, they like to, they like to play around with it as well. You know, they, some actors just thrive on being told, not told what to do, but to, you know, to collaborate and 
um, so I, but I understand that and I understand how to, to speak to actors as well and, and not to give too many notes and not to over complicate scenes and, and things like that. So it's about having that really um, close relationship before you even step on set. You need to be basically thinking for each other, you know, you need to, you need to, they need to know what you're thinking and you need to know what they're thinking. And if there's anything, it's just about there, you're both on a, on a, on a rowing boat, you both got an oar each and you've got to be, you know, swimming in the same direction, basically. Um, what was the yeah. point then for you that kind of transferred over? Was there a turning point that you just said, look, I, I'm done with acting now. I just want to be on the other side of the camera. Or was there something that triggered it? Or was it just a conscious choice of, I just want to try something different? I'd always wanted to direct for many, many years. I'd always thought, you know, I mean, I used to make little films when, when I was younger and with camcorders and stuff with my mates and my cousins and stuff. And subconsciously that I think that's always where I wanted to go but I never had the confidence um for a long long time because I always put directors on this platform of being you know super super educated and you know having no they know everything about this they know about film and tv and actors and you know everything um and I was just an actor you know blagging it basically um from from a young age um and uh, and then, you know, my mum passed away six years ago quite quite suddenly and um, that was the catalyst for me to just go, you know what, what am I doing? Let's just, let's just give it a go and see what happens. And so I just put all my energy into it and, um, and I haven't looked back since. Was it kind of a life's too short moment and you just need to do it now otherwise you never will and anything could be Absolutely. taken from you in a heartbeat? Absolutely absolutely 100% I mean you know that was the most horrific time in my life losing my mum like that and but but you know <clears throat> there was moments where because I suffered with addiction for for many many years I've been sober now for seven years so at the time I was I'd been sober for one year and then my mum passed away <clears throat> and I think you know there was there was a conflict in in me and I think also my friends and family obviously thought oh my god he's going to go off the rails here um but it was the opposite and i didn't um i literally was like I, I, it sounds i'm really a big believer in in energy and and you know and all that kind of stuff and i, and I feel my mum's presence with me all the time and she is driving me forward and you know like nothing is i have that sort of i call it just like the fuck it moment so just like you know what fuck it let's just do it Let's just do it and see what happens because, you know, life's too short. You don't know what's around the corner. And if you fail at it, then, you, you know, you've got something to work on. It's not the end of the world. Like, we're not we're not saving lives here. We're having fun. This industry is the most most fun, um, exciting industry to be in. And so, you know, rather than taking it all, I mean, obviously, you've got to take it serious. But, like, also at the same time, have fun while it's doing it, you know. I'd rather I'd now. rather be on my deathbed looking back knowing that I rolled a lot of dice and maybe not got double yeah. sixes, but at least I fucking rolled them. Exactly. Yeah, at least you tried. Yeah. Like some people sit there and I and I and I say it a lot, you know, I say just just jump off the cliff because you never know. You might just fly. Like I'm I'm still flapping my wings now, but I'm I'm you know, I'm staying afloat, I'm flying. 
So that's 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 the best thing about it, you know. Just jump off that cliff, make that decision. Do you mentally feel stronger because of what happened? And I don't mean that in a morbid way, but the fact that uh, the first thing when you said out loud then that your mother passed away, which obviously I, I feel bad for you for that. But yeah, anyone would then want to jump straight back on the bad tracks and go down that really downward spiral. But the fact you didn't is such a credit to you and such strength. And I suppose you like doing your mother proud now and showing Mate, that, honestly, you know, you've just took the word down my mouth because that is exactly what I felt. Yeah. I felt like, oh God, she's she's watching me now. Like she's not gonna I need to show her what I'm yeah. what I can do. You know what I mean? I want I want her to be proud of me. And 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 I do feel that every time I've got a picture on my wall at home and it's a picture of my mum, my granddad and my nan who who are all um we've all passed away now. Um but my mum's they're all holding a glass of champagne out like that to the camera and big smiles on the face. And every time something happens that that, you, that I do in my life, whether it be good or bad, I always look at that picture. And even if it's bad, I'm like, they're like still there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You make and, me you feel know. sad. I wasn't expecting this from an interview this <laughs> early in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I'm welling up. But that's really uh, beautiful. And I suppose you know they're always going to be watching over you and the fact that you are doing yeah. well and Boiling Point was such a success is kind of like you can join them with a glass of wine and toast on that photo. Yeah, well, a non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> exactly, yeah, these zero <laughs> ones, of course. Yeah, 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 which is, there's, there's many of them now, there's many of them. Yeah, well, let's talk Boiling Point because I've seen this yep. film, I saw it a while ago actually um, when it was on Netflix and I love that Second Sight have picked it up, but... Mm. I don't think, apart from Hidden Gems with Adam Sandler, there's not been anything so stressful yeah. in my last five years of watching stuff. The pace, the <laughs> acting, the it nearly gave me an anxiety attack, but that's a good thing because I'm still talking about it now to people and thinking about it. But did you ever anticipate it to be such a success? Oh, God, no, 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 not at all, not at all. You know, we made the short film in 2018, and, you know, we, that was almost like... <clears throat> because I'd worked in kitchens and restaurants, I wanted to show something and depict something that was truthful to my, to my experiences. Because uh, um, I knew it had never really been, it had been done, you know, in certain films, but not, I'd watched those films and be like, yeah, that's, it's nice, it's glossy, but that's not what I went through. No. Let me, sh I want to show people what I've gone through in my career as a chef. It's um, not like uh, Ratatouille or Chef, the film, where it's all beautiful and well, colourful and lovely. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So you know, I wanted to do the show, and then, and then we the opportunity came about to to do a feature, and I was like, yeah, jumped at the opportunity, and and you know, it's um, I, I never, ever in a million years thought it would it would you know do what it's done and, and go on the journey it's gone on. It's um just a, it's just incredible, you know, um, absolutely mind blowing. And I'm, here I am in base studios in Manchester, you know, about to we're, we're in prep on the TV series now, and it's like crazy what a journey <laughs> it's amazing Man. to start from a short then to a feature then to a series like that i don't think yeah. there's many people that can say that i know yeah i know i know and, and again it's like it all just happened really organically and, 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 I, and i am a i do believe that my mum is helping me you know do that yeah. she's pushing she's driving me forward every day um yeah it's mad it's mad and then, and then right. sitting down there when you're deciding the casting, I've had Jason Fleming on the podcast previously, and love I love him. the geezer. Like, what you see yeah, is what yeah. you get, and he's just yeah. beautiful. Um, I've not had Stephen Graham yet. He's he's high on my list, and I think, yeah. and I, I truly mean this, he's probably one of the top five British actors that 
people don't give him enough credit. Even though everyone loves him, yeah. he still isn't getting every award out there. And for me, he's surely one of our best ever. I couldn't agree with you more, if I'm honest. You know, he's one of my closest friends now. We, 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 we've, we've known each other for years, but we've become very, very, very close in recent years. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't quite believe it. You know, he, he's on everybody's lists and he's, you know, everybody talks about him being, a, uh, you know, a, a national treasure and one of our best actors and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, he doesn't seem to ever, but look, it's not about winning awards. It's about, it's about producing great work. And if people are talking about him, you know, producing this fantastic work every time and, and people want to watch him, then that's the biggest win. Yeah, because you know, that's all, ultimately all we want, really. Like I, I, you know, it's nice to be nominated for things. It's nice to be recognised by your peers and you know people watching your stuff. But I don't, I don't think this industry should be a competition. Like it's not a competition sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. It's not. A, it's not part of the Olympics and things like that, or you know, football or whatever. But I think we're all, you know, there's plenty of there's so much opportunity out there and so much you know, scope for, for for work for people that I think that should be recognised. And actually, the award ceremonies are starting to, like the Biffers, for example, I'm on the jury for the Biffers this year, and some of the categories they've got are phenomenal. Like, they don't have Best Actor, Best Actress anymore. It's Best Performance, so it's it's, it's mixed, which is fucking brilliant. Um, best Ensemble, you know, Best Casting is one thing that's come in recently, uh, you know, which is just great. So the, the casting directors are getting recognised. Um, but I think you know being recognised as a, as a nominee is 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 the win for me. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it should be like, you know, if, if we could go, all of these films are great, they're all winners, or you know, then then it should be like that. I mean, look, I could get into this for for ages, but yeah, it's um, it's all politics, isn't it? It is. And, and, and <laughs> what I really am proud of with this release is that I know it's been on Netflix and everyone can go and see it on there and stuff, but Second Sight are one of my favourite companies in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. I love the fact that they can go out there and release something like Drive on this super duper incredible box set that's all beautiful. But they also look at the smaller films as well, like Sensor, uh, Prano Baby yeah, Boy, which is one of my favourite yeah. films. And, yeah, um, you know, Boiling Point... I wouldn't expect to be in part of that collection when I first look at all the spines like Dawn of the Dead and stuff. But now I see it, I'm like, that sits there perfectly. And it must be, for me, as a bit of a geek, I'm, I would be absolutely obsessed with the day that I got a release and a booklet and a nice artwork and a slipcase and all that. And it must be really nice to see that they've given the treatment to your film that it deserves. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, when I heard that they were going to be doing it, I was over the moon, you know. I, I, I didn't expect it, you know. I was like, because it's been on Netflix, like you say, and it was, you know, it's a small cinema release and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, that's it, done. It's, it's there now, that's done. But to, for this to then elevate it even more with that, like, say, the artwork and all of those little, you know, the little the, the behind-the-scenes stuff and the, the commentary from Bart and James and stuff like that, um, it's just, yeah, it's there forever then, you know. And and, and, I, and I want to, you know, I want people to be able to, because to, I get asked so many questions about the film. A lot of the questions will be answered in you know certainly the, the behind the scenes um stuff that you can see how we made it and and the journey we went on you know it's beautiful and i suppose now that you're wrapped up in this tv series is is there kind of something that's in the future that you can kind of talk about or is it kind of 
Are you just locked into that at the moment without trying to get your head to go elsewhere? Are you just trying to kind of keep yourself focused on one thing? Um, I would like to say yes, but I am um, essentially an addict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so my brain is constantly on 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 the move, you know. And, and so I set up a production company um, recently uh, and we've got several projects that we're working on various different stages not all for me you know i'll be exec producing some of them um but but also I, i'm i'm doing a uh, a movie straight after boiling point next summer we start prepping june i think um i can't say who's attached to it yet but we've got a fantastic um lead actor attack um and i'll be doing that with um 21 laps entertainment who are the producers of stranger things and um it's sean levy's company basically he he's producing it with with um with the team there and endeavor content i'm doing that and then I'm, and then i'm um and then i've got another thing happening at the end of next year uh, beginning of 2024 yeah i'm literally back to back it's i'm i'm so grateful for the position that i'm in it's like because i know how difficult it is not only to get into this industry as a director or, or a filmmaker or you know producer or whatever but you know to sustain it and you know I'm just I, I made I jumped off the cliff and and it's paying off and that's why I always say to people believe in yourself you know believe in your abilities yes I suffer massively with imposter syndrome on a daily basis but I have to sort of put that to the back and go no no I, I'm I'm here because you know I deserve to be here and always believe in yourself because if you, if you let that take over, the imposter syndrome take over or any of those doubts take over, then that's when you start to, to crumble, I think. And, and you know, they are always there, always there. But, you know, every you've got to, one of the things that I always say is like, everyone's going through imposter syndrome. Everyone, even people at the top, the big studio bosses. I'm sure they're going through imposter syndrome I think every single person I mean my podcast isn't absolutely huge on this level of empire but I've had world exclusives with Mads Mikkelsen Kevin Mm. Smith Sir Anthony Hopkins and I sit here think I'm a guy in my bedroom I'd like when is when someone going to like break through the door and say oi that's it yeah get out talking to these professional people (laughs) exactly Exactly. but you know you're doing something right and it's and it's and it shows and that's you know people want to people want to talk to you and that's you know, yeah, I, 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 I try my best to, you know, anyone ask me, you know, how do you, how did you get to this point? Like, you know, I know I'm sure there's some people are going, oh, he just jumped in from, from nowhere. But I've been working in this industry for over 25 years as an actor. And, you know, I've been learning my craft subconsciously and unconsciously during that time. And so, you know, I haven't just sort of popped up out of nowhere. Um, I think the best directors have the been on both sides of the camera and it's hard to think on the spot completely but when I think of Clint Eastwood and Ben Affleck oh, more recently yeah. Ben Affleck was like five for five of his releases and I, everyone was like oh he's just a pretty boy he's the guy from Armageddon and then as soon as he came out and was like right here's some of my films I was like like Fargo uh, not what's it was called um, I thought the one that's kind of what well, Argo Argo Clint, yeah, 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 yeah genuinely yeah. is a masterpiece Brilliant. and I'm like yeah. Yep, like that's the guy who's been on the other side, studied, watched how things should go, how things shouldn't go, took it yeah. all to the other side of the camera, and now he's nailing it. Exactly. 
and you know what? It's like, like you said, I think actors do make the best directors because they can put themselves in the shoes of the actor. And yeah. also, you know, for me, when I was when I was acting, I was always, um, again, you know, subconsciously, I was always so interested in everybody's job and what they were doing. And, you know, I was so excited to be on set and seeing how it all worked and, you know, and, and asking the questions like, why are you putting that light there? What's that for? You know, not because I'm like, because in the future I'm going to be a director and I want to I want to know all these things. It was just like so interested and keen to to understand it all, really. Um, and, and, and I'm still learning, you know, I'm learning every day because I, I think I think it's it's important that you. You know, yes, I'm the director and people are looking at me for answers and stuff like that, but I haven't got all the answers. And the way that I like to work is I like to throw it out to the group. I like to collaborate with everyone and go, right, you're the costume designer. You are, that's your forte. That's your field. You tell me what you think these characters should be wearing and we'll talk about it. I think, I think she should be in blue, but what do you think? And if they go, well, no, I don't, I think the green looks better because of this and this and this. I'm like, well, green it is then. Let's go with green. I love it. Never change, man. That's the attitude to have. Yeah, I just think it's, I just think it's important because like, you know, we're all, we've all got to be singing from the same hymn sheet. We've all got to be on that boat together and we've all got to be rowing in the same direction. And if we're not, and if someone's, you know, if someone feels like they're not listened to or they're not being able to put their answer, their, their voice across, then you're just not going to get the best out of people. You know, it's important that everyone is, is feels comfortable on my set and everybody feels like they deserve to be there and they, they, they're not scared to, to tell me that they think something's not right or something because I'm not going to say to them it is right because it's my idea if I go oh yeah maybe you know you think you're right actually it's not it's not the best way to do that well any suggestions and if, and you know it's, it's the best way I to think be I think so yeah I think so my final question for you today is what I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is you get to choose the final piece of music that's played so after our interviews all wrapped up edited and out there for the world to listen to I've done 240 episodes, but I put you on the spot. You choose the final oh. outro piece of music that then plays after today's interview. All right, all right, all right. It keeps it nice and fresh and original. I am going to... I'm literally... Oh, where is he? Okay. Voila. Okay. By Barbara Pravi. I'll write that down and that will be the one. I've never heard that, so this is a good one because it then brings new music to me as well at the same time. Oh, she's good, you know. She's I'm good. Excited. I, I, only, I, only, I only learned of her like a couple of weeks ago and I can't stop listening to this one particular album. I'm not going to say it, try and pronounce it because it's French, but um, Barbara Pravi. Okay. With an I. Yeah, this is going to be new music, which I love. Some people think, oh, the Beatles. I'm like, okay, that's great, but I've known the yeah. Beatles inside <laughs> out. So new music yeah. is always good. But, um, our time's up, but I just wanted to say thanks for coming oh, on. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks, and I really hope our paths cross again and you can come back on another time. I love that, mate. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the amazing director, Phil Barantini. And as you heard, we discussed in great detail this film, Boiling Point. You may have seen it on Netflix, but the amazing folks at Second Sight have just released an exclusive box set and honestly, like all their releases, and I'm not paid to say this, it's beautiful. You get an amazing booklet, commentary, all the special features you expect. And for me, they're the best company out there. Their releases are unreal. 
And the best thing is, if you check on my social medias this week, I'll be giving a copy away, so stay tuned for that. I just want to say now that I believe that Phil has the vision and the skills and expertise to go so far in this industry. Already he's made one of my films of the year. Everyone I know that's seen Boiling Point absolutely adored it. Don't get me wrong, like I've said, it's stressful. The pace is, oh my God, it's going to give you an, an actual anxiety attack. But it's so good, it's so captivating, and I absolutely adore it. If you go and check the film out because of this podcast, let me know. All the links are on markandme.com, and there's no better compliment than me going on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and seeing that one of you has now gone and checked out Boiling Point because of this podcast, fell in love with the film. Honestly, it means I'm doing my job right. Again, I want to say thank you to everyone that listens to today to this podcast. If you've really enjoyed it, on markandme.com, all the links are on there to all the social media channels I run. All I ask in return for this free podcast today is to share it. It costs nothing to do. I keep saying it on each and every episode because it's vital to get the word out there. Just hit retweet or hit share on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram and it really goes a long way. I also have a Patreon account set up. That's to keep the podcast running. If you're not new or familiar with Patreon, it's an account that you can go on and each month throw me one or two pounds. That goes right back into the podcast, allows me to travel the country, record episodes like this and keep the podcast hosted on stuff like Amazon Music, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I rely on that to keep the podcast going and it isn't a lot to ask. And in return, thanks to my amazing friends at Richard Sounds, I have some amazing prizes to give away and exclusive episodes starting very soon. I'll be back in only a few days' time, so until then, watch Boiling Point, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Écoutez-moi, moi la chanteuse à demi. Parlez de moi, à vos amours, à vos amis. Parlez-leur de cette fille aux yeux noirs. Et de son rêve fou Moi ce que je veux C'est écrire des histoires Qui arrivent jusqu'à vous C'est tout Voilà, voilà, voilà Voilà qui je suis Me voilà même si Mise à nu j'ai peur oui. Me voilà dans le bruit Et dans le silence Regardez-moi Ou du moins ce qu'il en reste Regardez-moi Avant que je me déteste Quoi vous dire Que les lèvres d'une autre Ne vous diront pas C'est peu de choses Mais moi tout ce que j'ai Je le dépose là Voilà Je sais pas bien aimer mes contours